Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I was made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss... Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Released in 1978. Written by Drugs and Alcohol. And directed by Gordon Hessler. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Kiss... The big band from the late 70s. We follow the Spaceman, the Demon, the Star Child and the Catman as they're about to pull off a three-day show at a theme park. But one of the people working at this theme park is an evil robotic scientist who wants to turn Kiss into some evil robots so that they can make the kids trash the theme park. This is ridiculous. You a fan of Kiss? Uh, kind of. Yeah, I guess mm. there's like one or two songs that I'm like, that. that's really good. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't even know it was Kiss until <laughs> the time. Yeah. But if you ever saw an image of Kiss, like growing up, like in the 80s, 90s, if you saw an image of Kiss, you're like, damn, that's like... Alternate rock. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. And then when you listen to them, you're like, well, they're not kind of death metal as they look, nah, really, are they? Yeah. They're very kind of soft rock. Yeah. Uh, but they were a huge sensation in the 70s and going into the 80s. Mm-hmm. They were massive. They literally took the world by storm. And, well, I guess you could call them look, sellouts, really. <laughs> oh, yeah, massively. <laughs> they merchandised everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. And there was, I guess, one thing left that they hadn't conquered yet, and that was film and mm-hmm. TV. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the idea was born. Let's put Kiss in a movie. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Wait a minute. No, no, none of these Kiss members can actually act. No. Nope. Well, let's rush them through acting school. Yeah. To which none of them really learned very much at all. No. Nope. And let's rush together a script and uh, and let's get it made. Yeah. When this film released, it uh, it bombed pretty spectacularly. <laughs> no it, it's a TV movie, it should be said. It had a budget of $2 million, which for 1977, 1978, was a huge amount of yeah, money for yeah, a yeah. TV movie. Yeah. Uh, it showed, I believe, once uh, originally when it aired. <laughs> and, uh, and it may have had a couple in New York, a couple of theaters may have shown it, in which case the film was also advertised and shown as Attack of the Phantoms instead of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. There's also a couple of different versions of the film that exists now uh, because when the original... When the original edit was put together, there was lots of like cartoon music over the fight scenes. Oh. Whereas when they released it in Europe, they dropped all those tracks out and put Kiss music over it yeah. instead. Yeah. Which is the version that we are going to be using over the one that we just watched today, which yeah. I think is the better cut of the film because it adds adds a few more scenes in there and it's just more Kiss music, really. Yeah. Um. Yeah. By the time I got into Kiss, they'd already kind of gotten out of their face paint. Um, you know, they were all more hairdos and leather pants. And I think a couple of band members had left. And it wasn't until, like, I think the late 90s I got into... Like, obviously, you know, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey kind of, you know, showed me Kiss when they, they started playing. But it was Detroit Rock City, the movie that came out, which I really loved. Which made me go, oh, yeah, you know, hey, Kiss. I, I You know, that band's pretty cool. But I'd never actually gone out of my way to listen to all of their albums, all of their songs. You know, that you've got your main ones that are played all the time, pretty much everywhere. Um, but, I mean, I was getting into Limp Bizkit and Metallica and, right. you know, Pantera and, you know, goddamn, all these other alternative 90s bands that Kiss was like, 
Now nah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, and then somebody said, hey, you guys really should review Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park or Kiss Attack of the Phantoms. And I was yeah, thanks like, for that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> because, well, I mean, honestly, thank you. Because every now and again, a film comes along that either pushes the bar of acceptance of what an amazing movie is further. And then a film comes along that pushes the bar further, further down of, nah, this shouldn't have even gone out of the fucking paper that it was written on, let alone... scrapes the dregs off the bottom to make room for it lower down yet. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, like, we've seen some bad shit. This has got to be the worst. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) It's got to be the worst. Now, I knew... my, My initial reaction... 10 seconds into this film was, I hate it already. Yeah. And we're just greeted to uh, the theme park, roller coaster rides, and Kiss just emerging in space, like creating these eye laser beam bridges uh, and what? stuff. Yeah, like... He shoots a laser from his eye and then he walks down the laser. I'm like... <laughs> I just knew I was in for one hell of a shit show yeah. at the moment it started. And, you know, at, at, but then like, at least we got Kiss right in the intro because we probably yeah. won't see them again for about 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was pretty cool. We're looking at the original lineup of, of, of Kiss. And if you don't know them, you know, you've got uh, Ace uh, Fraley uh, playing the Spaceman. You've got, you know, Gene Simmons, who plays the Demon. Peter Chris, who plays uh, a Catman, and Paul Stanley, who plays the Star Child. You know, that's 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 your original lineup of Kiss. Um, but what the fuck were people thinking with this? I mean, honestly, it's like Kiss is at their highest at this moment, 1978. And so we cannot show them in normal form at all. They've got to be in their makeup, in their outfits all the time. Now, I get it when they're playing. You know, because that's how showmen show who they are. But, like, when you're doing the intro of the film and you're basically trying to mix Kiss into the background of this theme park, so, like, Gene Simmons is looking down on a roller coaster as it goes past. I mean, there's even a point where the guy's playing and then two girls look up and, what, they can see see him? him? (laughs) Oh, wow, Kiss is performing live tonight at the theme park. (laughs) <laughs> and they're both wearing Kiss t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a wrestling fan. I can believe some fucking unbelievable shit. I don't believe that Kiss are actually magical-powered fucking people. What? Dude. So you're truly not a Kiss fan? No. Kiss are absolutely the original superheroes. Really? You know. Okay. <laughs> well, I believe it was a deal when they were, you know, selling out everything and everywhere. Yeah. Uh, they had a deal, I believe, with Marvel. There was a comic run of Kiss. Yeah. And I think that is where they got their superpowers. If it wasn't Howard the Duck that was involved, there was some other space alien that gave them this, this, all of these uh, uh, talismans. Yeah. Which gave each one of them their unique powers. But we find that out like an hour into the it's film. An hour really. into the movie. Yeah. I mean, we're following Carmine Caradie uh, playing Calvin Richards and Anthony Zerbe who plays Abner Devereaux. And Abner Devereaux is a robotic scientist who is creating really human-like robots. Really, really fucking human-like robots. House of Wax flashbacks. <laughs> he creates these robots uh, for this theme park. 
and Calvin Richards runs the theme park. And the two of them have worked together for years. Like, do we even do we even know what the theme park's called? Um, I know what the actual theme park's called, but the one in the film, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So it's just this random theme park. And Calvin has invited Kiss to play at the park because he wants more people to come to the theme park to make more money. You know, because he wants the theme park to be a success. Abner Devereaux, however doesn't care about the theme park becoming a success. He just wants more money and funding so that his robotic work can build up to the point where he's making such lifelike robots that they can become part of society. I honestly don't know. The yeah, movie. his plans and ambitions and, you know, Dr. Evil kind of schemes. I don't really know what he's up to, yeah, what he wants to do with these, these animatronics, because... I mean, the ones that we see in the actual theme park are pretty terrible. Like they're, they, they're very robotic. It's exactly, it's not Westworld, is it? No. You know? um, so I'm just like, it's, he's got a long way to go. So clearly he does need lots of time researching money. <laughs> but it's just, it's just the imagery of him in this, like, this, this, you get, apparently it's like a giant elevator that you go down. <laughs> yeah. And he's got this, this giant evil scientist lab <laughs> and i love his little star trek computer terminal that he sits in <laughs> and it just spins geez. around and around and around for no real reason other than it just looks cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the film really tries to emphasize that abner is your bad guy he is bad and obviously kids are good well, at first, because he's there and uh, he sees some 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 punk teens oh, that yeah. are in their forties, chopper, <laughs> yeah, who are who are knocking over some kids that are trying to do a pyramid, human pyramid, yeah, and yeah. he's just like, oh, it's, you shouldn't be doing that. That's not very nice of you in a theme park. And the, and they 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 just take the make out of him, and he's like, well, here here have some tickets. Come come to my thrill attraction, the haunted house, the house of thrills. Have yourselves a time. And they're like, yeah, we'll not go and uh, do that, old man. Yeah. But ten minutes later, they're wandering they, around they there anyway. Obviously. You knew that they were going to fucking go anyway. It's part <laughs> of the plot. Yeah. And, and they wander in this house of thrills. And he, he, he's he got it trapped. Like, he hits a button and the mummy comes out and he grabs the big guy Chopper. You know, the fucking... I thought Chopper got grabbed by the Dracula and then fell down a chute. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was, I was going to say, there was a part where one of them falls yeah. down a chute and just disappears, and then another guy gets grabbed off screen. Through by the mummy, yeah. And, and then you've got, I think her name's Dee Dee or whatever, the girl, she's left. She didn't hear any of her friends get captured. I lo See, when they first walked in there and you had the mum, the dad, and the little kid, I thought those were robots that were right. going to attack them. <laughs> but no, they're, they're really horrible to the little kid and so the dad says something and then the, they pop the balloon don't they yeah, that's the, it, yeah the people disappear and that's it you're just left with these three people in this house of throws i'm like <laughs> yeah and they all get carted off and then a bit later on we see devro in his science lab and he wanders around to the front and he's got all three of them stood there now and like you will be you will serve me in the betterment of the of the park and of my evil plans they never turn up in the film again. No. I was like, now how much time has this film wasted with this storyline that actually has no payoff, goes nowhere? I was like, how much right. filler did you need that's not even Kiss? Honestly, even the fucking storyline that does pay off is a fucking waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do want to say, I do have one scene right. in the whole film that okay. I thought was actually 
fairly well done. Just really? just one. <laughs> and uh, now in the intro sequence, we followed this couple on the roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, and later on, we'll find out that that's Melissa and Sam. And Sam, for some reason, goes wandering around Devereaux's facility. Well, he works for Devereaux. Okay, so he works for him, but he doesn't know about the science no, schemes that's going on. No, he gets like a button, exactly. the hits door a button. opens. Yeah, the door opens, he walks into it, he turns around, then the door closes. Yeah. And uh, and then I think the door opens and he's gone. Yeah, yeah. And the camera pans over to uh, the, the terminals with all of the monitors of the park. And, of course... All of the all of the people in the park are on roller coasters and stuff, and they're all screaming. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the camera panning back as he's disappeared, and then and all of the screaming. Loki screaming playing out. Yeah, and the camera lingers there. I was like, if this film was better made, <laughs> yeah, that would have been a really cool ominous opening. Yeah, you know, like people are disappearing, and you got these screams in the background. I was like, that was. That was, that, was, that was probably an accident. Yeah, it was. I, I felt <laughs> like, it's too effective for this film. I was like, wow, those, those screams are really good. Oh, yeah, that's right, because it's a fucking theme park. There's roller coasters going around. It's not even linked <laughs> to anything that's happened. Sam has literally gone through a door and disappeared. And then Melissa, played by Deborah Ryan, um... I mean, like, can I even say she's, like, the best actress in the film in comparison to everybody else? I mean, the guy playing Abner Devereaux is not probably, bad. <laughs> like, this guy would actually go off to... to, to Have be a career, in, before yeah, and after this. <laughs> to be in James Bond, he would be in, in, Star in Trek. Star Trek and The Matrix. So he's done really good things. He never wants this movie ever brought up ever again. He removed it from his CV. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Melissa's just, yeah... She she's just like I need to find out where my boyfriend is. He works for Devro, so I, she gets access to go to this restricted area, and then manages to go into the elevator. And then yeah, it's it's like fucking old Batman TV series <laughs> yeah. where the next shot is her coming down. She's like, oh my god, that lift was really fast. He's like, oh yeah, you've just come down 150 feet really fast. In two point eight seconds. Yeah, I'll slow it down when you go back up. And she's like, I'm looking for my boyfriend and. Devros was like, oh, well, um, I think he left. Uh, he said something about wanting to travel. And she's like, literally, I only saw him like an hour ago. Yeah. She's like, we're, we're engaged. Like, yeah. like, where'd he go? And he's just like, oh, well, if he turns up, I'll, 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 I'll tell him that you're looking for him. And it turns out that Abner has taken Sam and added this little robotic thing to him to turn him into a mindless robotic slave. Like, how does he control these people? I with a remote control, maybe? He does seem to have one every now and again. Right. But at the same time, I was like, Devril, you absolute freaking moron. Yeah. Like, not only have you just taken over one of your staff members and made them a robot person, but you then let him go back out into the park <laughs> where people are going to recognize him. Like, you were just, just you, you idiot. <laughs> That's it. He said, Abner says he hates Kiss. Um, and he's not happy about Kiss turning up at the theme park to do this show. And so it cuts to Kiss turning up and doing their show. And they're all in their gear. And uh, I, like, I think I read in the notes that they just had Kiss turn up. And play some live songs to a crowd. Yeah, they literally did a free gig, essentially. Yeah, yeah. and then and then there were some lip-syncing shots so that they could have it. And literally, you're supposed to spread this live gig over three nights. Yeah. It's literally the same fucking gig you're watching, but it's just spread out. And um, and Devro's just like, oh yeah, well, Kiss is playing. So Sam, go up there. I want you to take pictures of them in the best positions that you can. Because then he can use it to make his robot technology. 
when you do see the pictures, there's no way Sam could have gotten that close or even got them into the position that they saw them in. They're literally just like fucking press shots right. that they're just going <laughs> to use. But then Melissa sees Sam taking the photos and she tries to rush over to him. And then the cops grab him, uh, grab Melissa, sorry, because she's just like, look, you can't come back here. You've got no pass. And Kiss, who have literally just come off stage, I think it's the Spaceman yeah. or, or, or the Star Trek, one of them, yeah. uses his eye power to f freeze the cops and hypnotize them so that they let Melissa go. Yeah, pretty much. Star Child! <laughs> And I think they say something like, yeah, Sam is still somewhere in the park. Bye now. <laughs> and they will walk off. Oh. Like the film tries to emphasize like that these characters are who they are. So Gene Simmons, who plays the demon, is really a demon. Well, yeah, I mean he growls a lot and he breathes fire. Yeah. Oh, and they they yeah they they changed they, they, the, the 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 vocalization on his voice so he sounds completely different to everybody else because he's a demon. <laughs> now they also changed the voice of Peter Chris who plays Catman. <laughs> yeah, they now did. apparently Peter Chris had some trouble pronouncing the word talismans, uh, <laughs> okay. so much so that the other members started to take the piss out of him yeah. and he stormed off set. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it should also come as no surprise that I think three quarters of the Kiss band at this point were incredibly intoxicated. Yeah, yeah. They were up to their eyeballs in whatever substances they could get their hands on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were party animals. And were, I don't know if you've ever been on a film set, but it's slow going. Yeah. There's lots of times where you're doing nothing at all. Nothing. So they tended to just wander off the set. And not come back for the day. They tended to wander off and find drugs and alcohol. And they literally had cocaine dealers on set with on them. Set with so them. they could just get blasted. And then when it came to reading lines, they were like, what lines? What's, I don't have any lines. Oh, those are my lines? Well, I can't remember that. So they had to create giant cue cards so that, so that they could read them out. Well, that didn't really help with their performances, did it? Did it? No. But taking it even further, like I said, with Peter Chris, when they edited the film together and they realized, like... We, we need to dub and loop all of his lines. Yeah. They asked him to come in and he just went, no, I'm not, I'm not going in. No, I'm not, not coming in. So he ended up getting redubbed by somebody else for the <laughs> yeah. entire film. And he talks the most. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was him. Or his twin. Gene's brother was an only child. Easy, Catman. They are serious. And they've got guns. Uh, I'd also say, I mean, Peter Chris, I think the Catman was probably the better actor of the four. I I thought so, because some of his lines were really witty and, like, pun intended and stupid along lines. But you can blatantly tell in some places that the voice is not, not coming his. from him. <laughs> Except when he sings the song Beth later uh, on in the film. Oh my God, I'm glad you brought that sequence up. It was so <laughs> fucking bad. So, so they're talismans give the KISS band members their magical powers, basically. And so if you take the talismans, they become human beings. That's what we're told. And so Sam goes to this building. Now, the film actually doesn't tell you that this is KISS's mansion or this is where KISS is staying for the three nights of this gig. Literally, Sam just wanders up to this house. Um, meanwhile, at the house, Melissa is sat out in the back garden and the entire band of Kiss are singing to her. Beth. I mean, like I said, 
Peter Chris, the Catman, who is the drummer, he's just literally sit, sitting there singing to her. And the other three band members are kind of stood around. One's, one of them's playing a guitar, you know, giving it a bit of musical uh, background. But I'm sat there and I'm like, she's not even interacting interact with them at all. So are they even really there? It, like, there's so They're many, the phantoms. That's it. <laughs> there's so many times that the Kiss music is used to just, as, as background music for sequences, that it really doesn't fit no. at all. And so this point, I'm like, oh, right, okay, so it's just Kiss singing their song, but they're not really there. They're just imaginary, you know, they're magic. She's just hearing the song because she's missing her boyfriend, and so it's just to make the sequence feel more heartwarming or loving or whatever. That's why we've got it. And so Sam walks into the fucking house while Beth, Beth's being played in the, in the background, and he comes across the talismans, and he tries to grab them, but they're protected by a magical shield. Don't. Honestly, I'm not even going there with that one. Okay? <laughs> it's just, he goes to touch them. He's unable to. And so Sam then decides that, well, fuck this. I'm going to walk back to Abner. Because no mobile phones. I can't call him and tell him. Right. But at this point, Abner has already started creating his KISS replacement robotics. Yeah. And he has completed his Gene Simmons, the demon. Yeah. And he's like, well, it's time for a test run. And we watch the demon burst through this uh, polystyrene wall. <laughs> and then he he he, uh, he throws some, some security guards around. And then he walks right through this coke stand. Man, Brian James, who is one of the security guards uh, with the yes. mustache, who is a great actor. He's been in films like Tango and Cash, Blade yeah. Runner, Fifth Element. He doesn't have a lot in this. And he was fucking amazing as the fucking security guard. Yeah. He sold me the sequence to Gene Simmons. Like, like I didn't know like how Gene Simmons wore his, his, his shit on stage. But when you see the big, huge boot <laughs> right. platforms that he's got to wear, you realize that he's just got an extra two feet. Yeah. He can't walk. He, can, he, he can't run. No. And yet you're going to expect him to fight like four or five <laughs> fucking security guards. My God, somebody watched fucking Barnick, you know, the $6 million man and fucking Incredible Hulk way too much in the TV for this movie. Because they were like, oh, if we just slow it down, yeah, you know, and get him to throw the actor, it'll seem like he's really powerful. Well, that, that is the case for every single fight scene <laughs> in the entire film. It, it is all done in slow motion. That way, you can play more of the Kiss music <laughs> over the top of it, yeah. and we can just make the fight from looking absolutely campy and corny and horrible, which it actually doesn't, because it, it still does it look still like does all that. those things. Because yeah. <laughs> there is a sequence where the KISS <laughs> members are all at the bottom of this roller coaster. It's like famous roller coaster, National Lampoon's kind of uh, roller coaster. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, they get attacked by werewolf cat people that are all climbing up the roller coaster beams. Yeah. And then they all throw themselves down and have a, a good old scrap. It's just... It's so bad. It is incredibly bad. bad. It is so bad. But you know, it's still probably better than the Cats movie. <laughs> I don't know. I need to watch the cats movie. <laughs> like, I think I could probably sit through a lot more of James fucking Corden than the fucking band members of Kiss trying to fucking act. <laughs> I mean, I I know I'll probably regret ever saying that, but I don't give a fuck. I sat through and watched this fucking pile of shit. There's a part, right? Because I'm gonna get back to Gene Simmons in a minute when after he, they realize he's not a robot. But there's a part where. Calvin Richards turns to Abner and goes, 
I'm sorry, but I'm retiring you. And Abner's like, what do you mean? What about my research? What about my money? And and, and Calvin's just like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. We just, we can't have you. Like Calvin knows that Abner's a fucking madman with robots and he's kind of like a mad scientist and he can't have him on site because he's going to destroy the park. So this is the easiest way to get rid of him. And so after he tells him that, Abner takes this slow walk to a van with Kiss playing in the background. And I'm like, why are you making me sympathetic to this fucking guy? Right? Like, what is it with him? But the very next morning after Gene Simmons, the demon robot, whatever, has smashed through the coke stand and, like, walked off, you know, the cops, the the security guards and a couple of the, the police officers, they go to see Kiss at their mansion to talk with them. And... The, f- the fucking four members of KISS. Well, three, because Gene Simmons is off somewhere. They're sat on lifeguard chairs near a pool <laughs> in cloaks. Being questioned. They're like, where, where's the demon? We need to talk to him. And here comes Gene Simmons. And it's so fucking odd because he hunches over and tries to walk like a bit of a monster. Right. Yeah. And he climbs, he's struggling with his giant boots on to climb <laughs> up that ladder. He's a fucking chair. And he growls at them and breathes fire at them and yeah. uh, and basically just scares them away. And then they, they the, the cops go to the other side of the pool. And then Starman, Starchild's like, I beam laser power. I can... Now I can hear their conversation <laughs> through my eyes. <laughs> Let them finish at the park tonight and you can launch a full-scale investigation that I wanted to fear. He's convinced you did it. But the investigation's a stroke. <laughs> okay. And he's like, oh... Demon, they think it's you that wrecked the park last night. He was like, well, it wasn't me. I was passed out. Look at some blows. Actually, no, Gene Simmons was probably one of the cleaner members of the Kiss Band. He took things very seriously. Oh, you can tell by his fucking acting, man. He really fucking took it seriously. So they've obviously come to the point to realize that Abner is the bad guy and like Gary said the the four KISS members after doing their last show have decided to hang around the park after night after all the lights have been turned off and like there's so many plot holes like it's really hard to keep up with how the story kept going but otherwise they're they're just going to make their way through the park and get to Abner and so then they have to get into these fight sequences They, they you know they was it? Do they get captured first? They get captured. Yeah. No, did, no. They, oh, they end up fighting all of the uh, animatronics. Animatronics. Then, then uh, Devereaux gets the uh, the talismans and starts draining them of all their power. Oh yeah. So then Kiss are then defeated by the animatronics, and then they end up getting pulled up through chutes. That's right. They get sucked and then they get they? dropped into uh, an electrified prison. Cage, the cage thing, in, yeah. In, Dev- in Abner's fucking With their lab. talismans in a box just over the other side of the room for them so that the moment the room's clear, they're like, oh, I'll just use my Your force, force powers. powers, bring the talismans over, get the powers back, and then we get uh, the Bill and Ted kind of... Uh... That's it, yeah. The four robots that Abner has created are, are going off to play the concert because he's got their likeness looking perfect, but there's a few few things wrong with their voices. But it's okay, because what he wants to do is incite a riot with the Kiss. Because obviously Kiss, Kiss Army, there's a lot of kids there. And then if he can get the kids to riot, they'll destroy the theme park. Yeah. But I couldn't tell the difference between Robot Kiss and 
actual kiss. No, neither could I. But I've... for some reason, the crowd were booing. Oh, yeah, well, it's because their songs were shit at that oh, point. Yeah, I they weren't didn't playing. sound no, indifferent to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Kiss used their force powers to get their talismans, um, which allows them to teleport out of the cage. I didn't actually see them escape from the cage. No, and when no, yeah, he did the tele the teleporting thing, didn't he? Oh right, okay, yeah, because yeah, I, I didn't see that. Because the next thing they come flying from the sky, right? They down can fly to the bad ship was, well, yeah, we're seeing it, and they fly down to the fucking stage, and they fight their robot selves, their evil robot usses. <laughs> <laughs> and they win. I mean, no it's, it's, shit. It's more slow mo, you know, backflips, and you know, it's just corny and horrible. It's, it's corny, horrible, unbelievable. He makes I, them disappear. He cuts their heads off. They explode. They're gone. Yeah. And then Kiss plays some more music. Yeah, and they finish the concert, and the crowd are like, "Woo, yeah, <laughs> we're so happy." Um, and then they make their way back down to Abner's lab, and they find Melissa with. Uh, with Sam and they remove or or um, I think like I said the star child uses his laser to laser off the little robot controlling thing off of yeah. Sam and so now Sam's free and he's back with Melissa so they're happy um, but Calvin's a little bit upset because it turns out that while the band were on stage Abner had a force mind feedback thing which has now aged him and turned him into a comatose old man right yeah, he's pretty much catatonic at this point. And uh, well, that's the end of that. Thank fucking hell. Yeah, I mean, it's a wholesome, satisfying conclusion. You know, it's technically a love story, really. And, uh, yeah, and the yeah. relationship was saved. Yeah. From the evil, you know, mad scientist. Mad scientist robot. Tried to take over the world with Kiss robots. Clones. Yeah. He created Kiss to destroy Kiss. And he lost. Ian, did you have any favourite or memorable scenes from the movie? I have some real memorable scenes because I couldn't fucking believe that I was really seeing it. Uh, the the slow walk to the van. Abner's just been told that, you know, he's, he's not needed anymore and he should retire. And, and so what makes you feel for an evil robotic scientist... Then watching him walk really slowly to a van with sad music playing. Just for him to turn around and go, Whoa, fuck this. I'm going to kidnap Kiss and make my own fucking robot army and destroy this theme park. <laughs> fuck you, Calvin. Uh, Kiss singing to Melissa in the garden. I honestly sat there. I couldn't work out if they were there or not. Um, and then when she sees Sam coming out of the house... And she runs to him and he kind of acts like a really shitty robot and walks off. Then Kiss, Kiss hear her scream and come running over just to console her. Yeah. It looks just so weird. Them <laughs> stood inside in front of this mansion in their fucking leather gear and boots and makeup. And she's like, Sam. And they're like, oh, we'll help you. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Uh, the talismans. Um we're, we're just really stupid. And like like, like I said, like he gives Sam the laser gun at one point, doesn't he? And I thought he gave it to him backwards. And Sam's holding it backwards <laughs> and around. And then he gets... And Dab, uh, Abner gets the talismans and he's got the laser gun on it and he's trying to drain it. I honestly didn't even realise he drained it. It just... It was so badly edited, this whole sequence, that when Kiss 
Kiss were defeated because I was just like, well, they need to defeat Kiss or this film's going to be really shit. <laughs> the White Werewolves versus Kiss, which ultimately leads into uh, Catman uh, and, and Starman fighting the uh, ninjas with laser swords. Yeah, I never thought I'd ever fucking say that sentence. Right. Ever. <laughs> it's, it's, this film's got it all. It's, yeah, it's got it all. It's so fucking bad. It's... Yeah, you've seen it. <laughs> I, uh, I I I don't have very many favorite scenes in the film. I have that one memorable scene that I mentioned earlier, where yeah. Sam goes into the door, it closes and it opens, and the camera rolls over to the monitors, and the screams play through. I was like, that was cool. That was the best bit. Other than that, yeah, I kind of enjoyed all the cheesy campness that this film had to offer. Like from from you know Gene Simmons over the roller coaster playing, you know, for them in the bumper car, like flying around the theme park, you know, just superimposed in. It was just corny and terrible and ridiculous. So uh, I have to say, I did enjoy all of the awful animatronics from Frankenstein to Dracula <laughs> yeah. to the Mummy to uh, all like the 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 martial artists, the werewolf cat things, yeah, like and, and then the evil kiss robots too. Like it was just. Yeah, it was that was fun. It was awful, but it, it was kind of fun. But uh, in terms of like other scenes, like <laughs> fuck no, no fuck no. Oh, I guess I'll just go with I'll to end it then. I'll just go with uh, robot uh, demon bursting through the wall <laughs> and then through the the coke stand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, and then, of course, just him breathing fire and then just turning to the camera and like, growling. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Ian, do you recommend Kiss and the Phantom of the Park? I will be doing my recommendation in the form of a song. I never want to see this film ever again. I never want to watch this film. Ever again. Um, if you're a Kiss fan and you're sat there and you're throwing everything at your screen while I'm fucking dissing this movie, then that's on you. I I knew when I was walking into this movie that it was going to be bad. I mean, because nobody, and I fucking mean nobody in my 41 years has ever turned to me and gone, man, you really need to watch Kiss and Attack of the Fucking Phantom People. It's one of the greatest fucking movie experiences of your entire <laughs> life. Never, ever, ever, ever. Has anybody ever said that to me? And I know some people who really like Kiss and they don't even fucking own this film. I have seen some bad shit in my time and this has just added another extra notch on my shit bar, which has gone down and made me just go, you know what? Things can always, always be worse. If you like film, you know, and, and if you're one of these people who likes to sit down and discuss film in depth about acting and camera work and cinematography and all of the things that make a film really really amazing and you've never seen this movie shut the fuck up <laughs> because you need to go and research this movie and then go oh my god reevaluate my life <laughs> I, I don't know what bad is if you're one of these people who just go that movie shit then Never watch this film <laughs> because it's everything that you thought was shit and more. Yeah, uh, this film is terrible. <laughs> it's poorly made. Yeah. It's just awful on almost every level. And it is so bad that it's almost perfect. <laughs> yeah. 
Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park is one of the worst movies that I've ever seen, and yet somehow I couldn't stop watching this train wreck. It really was that bad, and yet I'm still going to recommend it. Because this nightmare <laughs> needs to be seen to be believed, and just so you know what really is a terrible film. Yes! That being said, if you liked Kiss, you grew up with the film, it's easy, uh, easily a guilty pleasure, you know, and it's enjoyable in every way in that it's so bad, it's good. You know, horrible acting, slow paced, uh, wasted characters, horrendous special effects, <laughs> ugly cinematography, sloppy editing, poor audio, and you know, some good Kiss tracks. So yeah, like, this film somehow has managed to crawl its way out of the gutter, it's sobered up, it's brushed itself off, and is now remembered fondly after 40 years of being away to become now a cult classic. Watch it just to see what the hell they were thinking, or, or don't, you know, it's hard enough to track down a copy of it anyway. <laughs> Their first full-length feature film will zap you right out of your seat. <laughs> Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. <laughs>